0: Take your Bibles and go to the book of John, chapter 17. We're going to begin in verse 13. John, chapter 17. I want to remind you, if you have a smartphone or tablet today, you can, and you have the Version Bible app, it's free. You can follow along. Um, you just click on live events and search for real life community church. You can take notes that way today. All the scriptures are on there. Also, if you have a program, and I hope you do, on the back, there's a place to take notes today, and I would encourage you. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going deep today. We're going deep today. Anybody ready? Just to go deep into the Amen. word. Amen. And I pray that you just, and hope that you will write some things down to take home with you. John chapter 17, verses 13 through 19. In in this chapter, we find a a beautiful and a, a powerful prayer that Jesus prayed. He, he prays for himself. He he prays for His disciples. And then He prays for all believers. He was praying for us at that moment. And I want to focus on verses 13 through 19 where Jesus is praying for His disciples. John 17 beginning in verse 13 says this. Jesus prays, But now I'm coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy Fulfilled in themselves. How many know that the Lord wants us to have joy? Amen. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. But that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. Now watch verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I want to preach this morning on the subject of sanctification. And some of you are like, what is sanctification? It's real simple. To be sanctified means to be set apart. Biblically speaking, here's what we're talking about today. As believers, we are set apart from the world and we're set apart unto the things of God. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, my heart's desire is that we would be motivated to live lives that are set apart from You. It's becoming increasingly difficult to do so even in this country because of the moral decay of our country. But Lord, you set us apart. I thank You for setting us apart. We want to walk in obedience. We don't want to just talk the talk, but we want to walk the walk. And thank You for empowering us to do so. Father, I pray today that I would rightly divide the word of truth. I pray for your anointing because I cannot preach this in my own strength today. Give your people ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In this passage, Jesus prays that God would not take his disciples out of the world but rather that he would set them apart from the world and i want to begin by thinking about that for just a moment wouldn't it be easier that is if as soon as we were saved that jesus just poof, snapped and we just left this world and we were in heaven Would be easier. We wouldn't have to fight temptation or persecution. We're like, all right, we're safe. We're ready to go. But Jesus said, "My will is not that you are taken out of the world, but rather that you're set apart from the world." And here's why: we have a job to do. We're the hands and the feet and the mouth of God in this world. We are the church, the body of Christ, and we have a mission. So who else would come to the Lord if God, as soon as everybody got saved, He just took them out? There'd be nobody to preach, nobody to worship, nobody to tell others about Jesus. So the will of God is not that we would be taken out of the world, but that we would be set apart unto the things of God. We're to be set apart from the world. And we are called to live in such a way that our lives are set apart to God. Now there is a growing chasm between the way that non-believers in America live and the way that Christians are supposed to live. And you say, well, Pastor, it has always been like that. Well, maybe to a degree, but for years in this country, I want you to understand that there has been a significant overlap in the way that these two groups of people live out their lives. And because of this overlapping in morals... It has not been too difficult to walk according to our Christian values. Because we haven't felt fully the uncomfortableness of what it means to be strangers and pilgrims in the world. We haven't felt the full pressure of what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. Are you with me? But how do they know that it is a new day in America? And the chasm between the worldly way of life and the Christian way of life is becoming increasingly substantial have you noticed this there, there's a difference that is growing in America between Christian values and worldly values and that being said I've got to remind you that there is a standard of living there is a standard of living church that we are called unto this lifestyle that we're called to is becoming increasingly unpopular and countercultural And though we do not walk around, I hope, with an arrogance and a holier-than-thou attitude, we will be accused, when you stand up for truth, no doubt about it, you will be accused of being a bigot and a hater. You will be called narrow-minded and irrelevant. We will be ostracized and we will be persecuted. And we're already seeing this happen. But I am not concerned with what man says here to please any man. I'm here to please God. I'm much more concerned with what He said. See, I would much rather be at odds with the world than I would be with the one who created the world. I'm here to please the Lord. There is a standard of living I must remind us today that we are called to. Those who are in Christ have been set apart by God and we're called to live lives that reflect that. So I'm going to talk about this word today that you don't hear a a lot about in church anymore. And it's the word sanctification, to be set apart. It has to do, maybe you're more familiar with this word, with holiness. Sometimes those words are used interchangeably. And and holiness has become a word that is, and, and, and a doctrine that has become taboo in our day and age. But how many know it's still important? We still need to live holy lives unto the Lord. And so... I want to walk you through the process of sanctification today. I see in the scriptures three phases of sanctification. There is a past sanctification, there is a present sanctification, and there is a future aspect of sanctification. So if you're taking notes, number one, we're going to start with the past sanctification. And this is called, write this down, positional sanctification. Just to make sure you say that with me. Positional sanctification. One more time. Positional sanctification. This has to do with who we are. Namely, who we are in Jesus. This aspect of sanctification is imparted to you and to me the minute that we believe in Jesus Christ. The moment that you are saved you become positionally sanctified. The moment that you are saved, Jesus sees you as set apart. God sees you as set apart. You are sons and daughters of God. The Bible says that we're born again. The Bible says that old things have passed and new things have come. That's powerful. That is powerful because positionally... God sees you as saved. He sees you as justified. He sees you as sanctified. He sees you as redeemed. He sees you set apart. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says this. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterous, nor adulterous, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And watch this, and such were some of you. Thank God for the redemption of Jesus Christ. Because I, I imagine that we could find ourselves in that list somewhere. And if it would not have been for the grace of God, it would be over. But how many are thankful for a Savior today? Watch this, verse 11. Such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Paul speaks here, listen to me, of a past sanctification. He's talking about a positional sanctification. This is why in the Bible that believers are referred to as saints. I think we ought to start using that terminology again to remind us of who we are in the Lord. Philippians 1, Paul's writing to the church in Philippi, and he writes these words in the beginning. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the, not church people, he says to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons. Ephesians 4.11 Familiar passage Paul is talking about the fivefold ministry gift And he says The fivefold ministry gift Has been given to you From verse 12 For the equipping of the saints That tells me that even before you're equipped For the work of the ministry If you are in Jesus You are a saint So somebody just look at your neighbor right now And say Neighbor I don't know if you realized it But you're sitting next to a saint Husband's you're getting a weird look from your wife right now. We need to remember that God sees us as saints, a people that have been set apart unto Him. That is great news. I want you to remember that you are not sanctified or set apart because of what you did. You are sanctified. You are a saint because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Why is that important? Because we can't walk out and strut our stuff in the streets thinking that we're somebody because we were just as lost as the person that you're pointing your finger at. Had it not been for the grace of God, you would be right where they are. So we need to realize that we are not sanctified. We're not called saints because we've been good enough or because we somehow earned it or because we grew up not doing this or not doing this. We are saints because Jesus is set apart. He set himself apart at the cross. And now because we are in Christ, we have been set apart. Our positional sanctification is in Jesus. I love what Paul wrote in Galatians 6.14. But far be it from me, the apostle says to boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Can we give the Lord praise today? <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't pause, We don't think we're somebody even of like ourselves. But I have a Savior who is somebody and I'm thankful that He has saved me. I'm thankful that He has sanctified me. Amen. So positional sanctification happens the moment that we are saved. Positionally, We're in Christ. I love that. We're set apart from the world until the things of God. But there's an issue. There is a tension between who we are and what we do. Because we're saints, but how many know sometimes we just don't act like it? You got the person sitting next to you on your mind, don't you? We're saints, but sometimes we don't. Like it. And it's because sin has not fully been eradicated from our lives. Don't misunderstand me. The power of sin has been broken. We're not slaves to sin anymore. But here's what I mean. From time to time we still stumble. Amen. And I think Paul was dealing with this tension in Romans 7:15 when he wrote, For I do not understand my own actions. Can anybody relate to that? Amen. I can't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Have you ever found yourself there? There's a tension between who we are and what we do. That takes us to the next phase of sanctification. It's the present phase. Write this down. And it is called progressive sanctification. And it has to do not just with who we are, that's a part of it, but it also has to do with what we do progressive sanctification. Here's what it is. It's the process of becoming more like Jesus. That day by day in your Christian walk, you become more and more like Jesus. I love people who are newly saved. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, they still have some rough edges. They will tell you how good Jesus is in custody in the same sentence. Come on. And it's all right in the beginning, but how many know that we need to grow out of those things? We need to mature in our walk Amen. with the Lord that's progressive sanctification Amen. this may be hard for some people to understand but I, I've been saved since I was 7 years old and there are things today that I'm convicted about that I was not convicted about just a year ago because I'm continually being sanctified I, I'm Amen. continually being more like Him and, and, and I have a ways to go but I'm thankful that I'm further along than I was yesterday progressive sanctification we were at the The beach just a a few weeks ago. Fort Myers, Florida. How many love Florida? Amen. We were sitting on the beach, and and it was kind of a private area. And every day, we would rent two umbrellas, two big beach umbrellas. And and the company would come out, and they would would place these umbrellas right in the sand, right by the beach, by, by the water. And we'd set all our stuff under their beach chairs and towels and books and everything that we brought to the beach with us. And what we would do is is we would spend about three hours in the morning by the shore and then we would go home and we would eat lunch and we'd come back and all our stuff would still be there. And I'm there. It's my family and and my, my stepdad and my mom are with me. And everything's been good all week. But one day we come back and our stuff is there but right in front of our beach chairs in these tents or these umbrellas there is a group of drunk guys playing horseshoes right in front of it i mean really really close to where we were now there's tons of open beach but they decided to put their stuff right where we were now my stepdad gets over there some of y'all know him and enough said and, and, and and he walks up to the guy real nice and he says sir Listen, our stuff was here. Is there any way, it'd be a lot for us to pick all this up and move it. Is there any way you could move your stuff a little bit further down? And the guy says, you know what? Let us finish the game and then we'll move. Well, they're cussing and hooping and hollering. Finally, they finish the game and we think, good, they're going to move. They don't move. And my five foot tall mom gets up and goes to the man and says, you said you were going to move. Now, you need to move. Would you do that, please? We want you to enjoy the beach. A man looks at her, drunk out of his mind, and he says, Listen, this is my beach. I live here. And I'm not going to move for you. My stepdad gets up. Now, you have to understand that my stepfather, has only been safe 10 years. (laughs) Now, that sounds like a long time, but when you live the life he lived, that's not a long time. He grew up in a bad part of Louisville, and, and he fought. When, when y'all were playing with Legos, he was out learning to fight. He didn't play with Lego. He was learning to fight. He was on drugs and alcohol and all this stuff for 40 years. He lived a horrendous lifestyle. And I've seen the power of God. I was there the, the day he was baptized. I will never forget. This was before he was married to my mom. And I remember that, that, that life change starting to happen. But, but I've been with Tim for the last 10 years a lot. And I just say there's still some rough edges. You kind of <laughs> never know what's ever going to happen. I hope he doesn't listen to this online. <laughs> Teach him to leave my church. <laughs> Tim goes up to this man and he says, uh, you said you would move and you're not going to talk to my wife that way. The guy gets right in his face. Now, he, he is in his late 50s, but he is strong, and I would not want to mess with him. This guy gets in his face, and I'm sitting now. I'm, I'm under the umbrella. You're a, pastor, you're a pastor. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. You know what I was thinking. Don't judge me. I'm like, the only move I've got is the crane because I've never fought in my life. I just got the karate in my mind and the work for Daniel's son works for me because that's all I've got and your pastor was sitting there thinking what am I going to do there's five of them and one of them I'm going to have to get in here because I looked at my mom I'm like she's five foot she's not going to do much and Dylan's sitting there with popcorn just waiting to see I see the horseshoe steak and I'm thinking if it's personal defense could I just pick that up and start beating people now you looking at me like pastor you're a pastor you're not supposed to think like that i didn't do it and i rebuked that thought as soon as it came but i was wondering am i going to have to fight for my life and then here's where my mind goes if i do that i wonder if joe berger will take my credentials <laughs> take fight, and i'm worried about my credentials at my church <laughs> but i want you to hear something. Tim was right in the, this guy was right in his face, and this man was saying to him, I'm going to punch you so bad, and this guy's drunk, he would have taken one swing, this guy would have laid flat on his back. And I watched my stepdad, who maybe a year ago would have decked that guy and knocked him out and taken every one of his friends on as well. I watched him breathe, he didn't mouth, he didn't fight, he walks back to the umbrella. And he says, guys, let's move our stuff down here. Amen. And we picked up our stuff and the company came and they took the umbrellas out and we moved every bit of our stuff down a little bit further down the beach and we had a great time. And I, I want you to hear me. I, I tell you that because I really don't think, even though Tim was saved maybe five years ago, I don't think he would have responded in that same way. And I just went to him, we went back to the beach house and I said, Tim, I want you to know something. Thanks. Thanks. For showing Jesus to my son. Thanks for keeping your cool. And thank you for showing Jesus to those people. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you today. We cannot keep doing the things that we used to do. When you're first saved, you're a little rough around the edges. But the longer you walk with Jesus, that stuff just gets chipped off. And you become a little more like him. And a little more like him. And a little more like him. And the fight comes a little bit easier. long you walk with Jesus. I want to show you this in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus Christ that as you receive from us how you ought to walk in to please God. That's what we're talking about today. Just as you are doing. He said you're already doing it. Now watch this. That you do so more and more what you're already doing I want to ask that you would do this more and more, that sanctification progressive sanctification watch this for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God everybody always wants to know the will of God what's my major going to be who am I supposed to marry what house am I supposed to buy and I believe that the Lord leads our steps But you want to know the will of God? I may not be able to tell you this morning who to marry, but I can tell you this. Here it is, verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. And he goes on to explain that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body. That's a good word for people today. In holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, Folks, there is a standard of living no matter what our country is telling you. There's a standard of living that we are called to. Amen. Verse 6, That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this manner because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. Watch verse 7 here. For God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, understand this, disregards not man but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you we cannot live the way that we used to live we cannot live the way that the world lives and so we offer a lot of grace in this church you can bring your issues up in here but it's all not alright to stay that way we want to help you in your walk with Jesus we want to help you to become real followers of Jesus we want to help you in this process of sanctification so how is it How in the world do we become more like Jesus? Number one, write this down. This is great news. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit leads us. Galatians 5.16 But I say, walk by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Before you are saved, you have no victory over sin. You can't help it. That's why I don't get bent out of shape when the world acts like the world. I don't judge them. Because they're lost. They're sinners. They're bound by sin. What do sinners do? They sin. But when you call yourself a Christian, when you have the Holy Spirit, you are not bound by sin anymore. Amen. And Paul says, learn to hear the Spirit, learn to walk by the Spirit, and then you won't keep gratifying the desires of your flesh. Amen. John 16, 13, Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. Amen. <gasps> we have the Spirit of God. And I believe that every Christian has the Holy Spirit. But then there is a battle. Back- in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is good for many things. One, it causes, it gives us the power to be witnesses. Amen. But not only that, here is what I have found. The baptism in the Holy Spirit helps us to walk in holiness. Amen. Holy Spirit helps us to walk holy, even in a messed up world. I don't know about you, but I want all of the Spirit of God that I can get. To overflow, amen, amen. The Holy Spirit will guide you. That is great news because there's some Christians that just trying to be better, just trying to quit sinning, just trying to be better. Hey, just give me a list of rules, things I can do and things I can't do. That's not how it works. If you will be led by the Spirit, if you will learn to hear hear the still small voice of the Holy Ghost you will not have to worry about progressive sanctification it's going to be natural you don't have to get up in the morning I don't wake up and go hey today I have to be progressively sanctified no it happens when you learn to walk by the spirit of God so the spirit leads us amen secondly the word of God guides us if you want to be more like Jesus you've got to understand that the Word of God is vital to your life the statistics are staggering of how many Christians do not read their Bible. And what you put in is what is going to come out. You wonder why you're not walking in victory? It's because you're not putting victory in. John 17, 17, going back to our original scripture, Jesus said, sanctify them. He said, remember, don't take them out of the world, but keep them in the world, but set them apart. Sanctify them in the truth. And then He says, your word is truth. Brothers and sisters, We have got to be men and women of the Word of God. I know that life is busy, but make sure, I don't care if dinner doesn't get cooked or or, or if the house doesn't get clean, make sure something that is non-negotiable and open the Holy Bible and begin to read scriptures over and over and don't just read them just to mark it off your checklist. Feed on the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Let the Word of God lead your life. And here's the great news you say, Pastor. just don't understand some of that. If you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you in truth. He'll lead you in the Word. I've got kids that struggle in other classes but they can preach. They can understand the Word of God because the Holy Spirit helps us to understand. And if you want to be sanctified, I want to challenge you today, church. Become a student of the Word. Meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. Memorize it. Quote it. Listen to it. Start your day with it. End your day with it. Read it throughout the day. Amen. It's important. If you want to sanctification to happen in your life, if you want to become more like Jesus, it will not happen if you are not reading the Bible. Amen. Amen. Thirdly, what helps us become more like Jesus? Number three, obedience to God uh, going back to first Thessalonians 4 1 finally brothers we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please God just as you are doing that you do so more and more the, the prayer is not that God would make them do stuff he said I just pray you've got everything you need just start doing it Amen. Sometimes we need to quit putting all the pressure on God. He's already given us His Spirit. He's given us His Word. Start reading it. Start walking in the Spirit. And just do what He's asked you to do. I I tell my kids all the time, life would be so much better for you if you would just do what we ask you to do. there's some parents that's ever said that to your children, if you just obeyed, your life would be so much better. The church, our lives would be so much better. We'd walk in so much more victory if we did what the Lord asked us to do. We've got to walk in obedience. Quit feeding your flesh in decisions that you make. Quit eating the junk that the world has to offer. You're set apart. If you feed your flesh, it will lead your life. And you'll never walk in victory. Number four, I love this. we're going to be sanctified more like Jesus, we've got to grow in our love for God. Matthew 22, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, here it is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, I found in, when we were cleaning out the church, somebody brought to me a box of old membership covenant. I mean, these are really, really old. And they were stored away somewhere. In, in all this covenant, there was a list of rules. Like, you, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and you can't do this. And remember in the old days how we used to just give people a list of rules. But we found out that that, that doesn't work. Because if you just are trying not to do something, if you're just trying to keep rules, you're not going to walk in victory. Here's what I tell people. Pastor, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Listen. You focus on this one thing. You love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength, and all that is within you. And you don't have to worry about somebody handing you a list of rules. Because when you love the Lord, you don't want to sin. See, if I have to give you a list of rules, here's what you're saying to me. I want to know what I can get away with and still make heaven. I want to know what I can get away with. But when you just fall head over heels in love with Jesus, that is not the question. Here's what it becomes. Lord, how can I please you today? Not what can I get away with. Lord, I love you so much. I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to grieve your spirit. How can I please you today? Amen. Try So I want to encourage you to grow in your love for God. Amen. Realize who, he, who, who you are in him. How much he loved you. So much that he gave his son to die for you. Amen. You've been justified because of what he's done. He, you've been sanctified because of what he's done. You've been redeemed. You've been set apart. We need to honor the Lord and we need to grow in our love for Him. See, I don't have to tell you. Now, there are some things that are black and white in Scripture. Some do's and don'ts. But there are some things that exist today. You know, Pastor, what movie can I watch? Well, if you have to come to me and ask, maybe you should just turn it off. But but, uh, I just believe that, that I don't have to tell you Okay, this movie's okay. Let me me check the ratings. If you would just remember that God is going with you everywhere that you go and you love Him and you realize what Jesus has done for you, I believe this. You won't want to be entertained by the sins that Jesus died for 2,000 years ago. You're not going to want to be entertained by the things that nailed Jesus to the cross. Why would you want to be entertained by those things? If you just fall in love with Jesus, we don't have to uh, hang a a to-do and not to-do list on the wall. Say, did you read it today? We added this today. No. I want people in this church. One of our core values is love God, love people. If we are doing that, we're going to have a sanctified church that is set apart. Doing the will of God, we're going to have the blessing of God on our church progressive sanctification very quickly I want to give you one more because there's really good news because the struggle is difficult isn't it Amen. future that is perfect sanctification perfect sanctification this is sanctification fully realized there's coming a day when the struggle will be over Fight the good fight here because there's coming a day. You don't have to fight anymore. It's called glorification. One day we will experience glorification. We shall spend eternity with the Lord. No longer will we be tempted with sin. No longer will we stumble. We will see holiness in perfection. We will be holy because he is holy. We will have new bodies. We'll be fully. Perfectly sanctified. Let me leave you with just one verse where you can see the complete phases, three phases of sanctification. First John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, we are God's children now. Everybody say now. now. That's positional sanctification. You're already his child if you are in Christ. And watch this: what we will has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears we shall be like Him. Isn't that good news? Because we shall see Him as He is. That's perfect sanctification. And everyone, watch this, who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. That's Progressive sanctification. Amen. We're called, church, to live holy lives. We are saints. Amen. And we're called to live like it. You remember the story when John chapter 13 and Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He knows that his time has come. And he has a meal with his disciples and He gets up from the table and he gets a the basin and he puts water in it and he picks up a towel and he takes out his outer, outer garments and he takes the towel and he puts it on his waist and he does something that would be really out of character for a king he takes on the garment of a servant and he begins to wash the feet of the disciples now, some of y'all remember the, the apostle Peter Peter kind of responded in emotionalism sometimes I, I like Peter because I can relate to him and he did some things and just said some things and you just go did I just say that or did I just do that and Jesus goes to wash his feet and he says, Jesus, you will not wash my feet. And he was not trying to dishonor the Lord. He was not trying to be disrespectful. But he didn't trust and understand what the Lord was doing. He said, Lord, this is a trivial task save for servants. You're our king. You're our Lord. You're not one to wash my feet. Jesus said, Peter, If I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Peter said, well, if that's the case, get my feet, get my head, get my shoulders, get every part of me. Just stick me under the shower. Where's it at? I I want to be soaked. And he says, no. You you don't have to be rebaptized." But he said, Peter, I just need to wash your feet. Amen. And and there's some truth, a lot of truth in this passage. One being that that we're to be servants and we're to walk in humility. But there's something else in here that I want you to see. For those of us who are positionally sanctified in Jesus, you don't have to get re-saved over and over. I'm going to get saved again and again. Some people get saved every time they wake up. No. He died once. He died once. Mm -hmm. And He covers your sin. Right. So it's not about you don't have to be rebaptized. That's why we don't have to rebaptize people every time they mess up because we'd be dunking a lot of people, wouldn't we? All the time. He said, Peter, you don't have to wash your whole body again. We've already taken care of that. Amen. But see, they walk on dirt roads, the same roads that donkeys and other animals would travel on, and you can get a picture of what those kind of roads look like. Have you ever been to like a, 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 a fair or, or something where there's animals around or a parade where they're kind of leaving a trail? You get the picture. And they walked on the same unpaved roads as these animals. And they didn't have their work boots, many of them wore sandals, somewhat barefoot. And you, when you walk on the roads of life, how many know you just pick up some dirt on your feet? Peter's feet were dirty and Jesus was teaching them something I'm getting ready to take care of your sin at the cross but even after that happens when you're walking through this world though you're going to be a saint and you, you will be set apart when you walk through life you're going to get some dirt on you and you need to continually come back to me for cleansing. What does 1 John 1, 1.9 say? That if we'll confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He doesn't say you have to be rebaptized every time, but right. confession, repentance is important. And when you walk through this life, you are a saint if you're in Christ. But when you go to work, and you work with some worldly people, How many knows there's times you just get some dirt on you. And you go, listen, I knew better than to laugh at that joke or to engage in this conversation. I knew better than to take a second look at that secretary. I I knew better than to go to lunch alone with this person that I'm not married to. I knew better. But sometimes we stumble, church. And I want you to know this is a place of grace. We don't kick you while you're down. We're here to help you back up. There's nothing like getting clean. I mean, just being refreshed. And I want to tell you this today. Some of you have, have been listening to this message on sanctification and you go, Wow, I just feel, I feel really bad. That's not why I preach this. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. So there's some people today that That need to just wash some dirt off. Wash some dirt off. I want to ask you, are you living a life that is pleasing to the Lord? Are you trying to fit in? Some of you are hurting, you you feel that dirt on you today. You just need your feet washed. You need your feet washed. I'm to invite you to stand with me. Maybe there's somebody in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. That would be the first step in this. You're not even positionally set apart yet. You're not here by accident. Don't walk out of here the same way you came in. You, you may say, Pastor, I don't understand all this. I don't get it all. But you know that there's something in your heart. Jesus is pricking your heart right now. That move in your life is the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you would just say, Preacher, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. I I want to know Him. I want to be saved. I want to be set apart. I I want to know what it's like to be cleansed. I, I feel feel like that needs to happen in my life today. Just lift your hand right where you are. Nobody looking around. Not gonna call you out, not gonna embarrass you. Move, Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am, in the very back. On the left side, raise your hand real high so I can see who you are. Lift your hand real high. Anybody else? I wanna make Jesus Lord of my life today. Let me ask this. With head bowed and eyes closed, we've got a lot of believers in here. A lot of church folks. And listen, we all walk through the same world and we all get a little dirt on us from time to time. How many would just be honest enough to say, Pastor, I just need my feet clean today. I'm not going to wash your feet. Don't worry. But I just, I just need the Lord to touch me today, to cleanse me today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Lift your hand real high. I just need to be cleansed. I just need to get the dirt off. I'm going to encourage you to repent to the Lord this morning. Say, God, I want what you want for me. I want your will for my life, and I ask you to cleanse me, to set me apart. It's difficult because I'm not going to be the most popular. I'm not going to be the most loved by the world. But God, I want to be found faithful in your eyes. That's what matters most to me. In Jesus' name, amen.